Okay, hello everyone, wherever you are, whether it's on Torah in time or if you're watching, the, if you're listening to my podcast. Kali was going through a very challenging time, not a question. Um, I did give out two essays of chizik, encouragement, some guidance, as much as I was able. So if anyone wants, you can send me an email if you haven't seen it yet at rabbigruen at thehair.org, that's R-A-B-B-I-G-R-U-E-N, at L-E-H-A-I-R.org, and I'll be glad to send it to you. And Hashem should hope that we should be out of this challenging and difficult crisis very, very quickly. We should be zayfet to a gila prutas, a gila kludas, a mahari v'yamani. I'm going to say a word on on Pesach, and it's a word from Kavshat Samagid in Avodz Yisroel. He brings quite a few halukhas and manhugim of Pesach, and he explains them with derech dirish, with derech fidus, with derech misa. And one of the halukhas that he brings is that nahagin lehuniach petisa chumas b'mukam shim tishom aboitkim. Right, the minig is to put out pieces of bread wherever the boidik chumas will, will should be able to find it. So he explains where does this minig kudish come from, and he says that the ikabir chumas is the yatsahara. We all know that chumas and maramas on the yatsahara, and the ikabir chumas is that we're trying to get rid of our yatsahara, and that's why we put out the pieces of bread to show that yes, we still have yatsahara. Nobody is a tzaddik that doesn't have what to fix. He says the person who feels that he's a tzaddik and he already fixed everything. Right? He was already massacring everything that he has to. He didn't start yet. And he explains, he brings down what he explains somewhere else on the Pusik, the person who thinks he doesn't have a mim, he thinks he doesn't have what to fix, he doesn't have no blemish, no problems. He did not yet begin taking upon himself the Kabul Samach Shemayim. And that's why, he says, on the contrary, that person has the most to fix. Because somebody who thinks that he's perfect, somebody who thinks a lot of himself, is, is the biggest chet that there is. And that's why we put out the bread to show that even though it's night, it's night before Pesach, we thought we got it all done, we have very clean homes, we worked very hard to, to fix everything and make sure there's nothing left, and there's still something there, we know it, and we're sure about it, and, and that's what we're showing. Now, that's a tremendous uh, lesson of, of Pesach. It's a tremendous lesson to always remember that there's always more to do, and there's always, you know, whenever we come to that uh, point where we think we did it all, you know, for example now, right, we're going through a very challenging time, and you keep on hearing people being more different things that we have to do, and different uh, things that need, you know, taking a mass, and we should be doing things better and better. And sometimes you'll hear a message that, oh, they're, they're saying that talking by davening, that's, that's a terrible thing. And you know, I don't talk by davening. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good knowing that a lot of things that others have to fix, it's just not on my list really, or at least I don't think it is. And that's not the way to do things. That's not the way we, we, we address the Yetzirah. We always look to see what we could do. And there's something that we talk about very often over here in the Shir, and it's, it's so relevant when it comes to relationships as well, because sometimes people feel like, you know, between me and Hashem, you know, you're right, I, I really I, I have a lot of shortcomings, I should be doing better, but, but, you know, that's only between me and Him. But between me and someone else, that's really a different story. You know, there's a, there's a cute story about the Bionis Naibshitz, he once heard somebody being uh, davening, and he was saying, "Bashmanesa, the end. Vanafshi kofel akoltiya, vanafshi lekofel akoltiya, b'shefer. I'm nothing. Vanafshi, I'm just a piece of ufer va'ayfer. I'm mamish nothing. Hashem, I'm worthless. I have nothing to say for myself." He kept on, uh, you know, putting himself down like that. And then a few minutes later, the gabba forgot to give him an aliyah, forgot to give him an aliyah, or didn't give him the right aliyah. I don't remember what, what the story, how the story goes. And he got very angry at the Gabba and he started screaming at him, ah, how dare you give me the wrong Aliyah, you don't remember that I need one, or whatever it was. He didn't get the right COVID. And Amir Snaibshitz went over and said, you know, I understand you, I just heard you davening before and you said, um, why are you now screaming at the Gabba? Like, oh, since when does a, does a piece of offer really care how much uh, COVID recognition he got? And the answer was, yeah, that's between me and Hashem. But between me and that guy, that's a, that's a different story. And very often, it's not just that it's easier for me to be humbled 
by Hashem, but not when it comes to someone else. It's more than that. When it comes to a relationship, there's automatically another person there. So even if I did something wrong, or even if I know I still have a way to improve, um, I'm still not the, the best uh, spouse, I'm still not the best person, but that doesn't justify what someone else did. In other words, there's always room for me to still find uh, fault in someone else. And if, if someone else is doing something wrong, then, then what does that got to do with me? So even if I, even after I, I still have to correct myself and I still think I should be doing better, but that doesn't justify what he did. And that's why sometimes people get stuck in that place of always looking to what the other person could do. And, and, and there's someone else to blame. And even if I don't think I'm the best and most righteous, self-righteous person, but, but at the end of the day, you know, there's still, there's still someone else causing problems over here and it's not all me. And that's why it's so important to remember that, yes, it's when you find it within yourself, what could I do better? Where could I improve? And I always say, you know, sometimes you're only improving, you're right. The only improvement you have to do is to know how to not tolerate what someone else is abusing you and things like that. But most often, most often, there's more to it than that. Most often, you do have what to improve in any relationship. And when something's not going well, you, know, you always have to look for a way you could do something better on your own. And I think this is such an important message because you see that when it comes to putting out the bread and, and realizing that we have what to fix, we still have some chumets, it's not only between you and Hashem. That's what helps us um, go into Paisach. That's what helps us sit together with our families. That's what helps the Paisach Nechol Bachabira. Now we can tolerate each other better. Now we can understand each other better. Because when I realize that I have faults and I have a way to work on myself, automatically I become more tolerant to other people. And, you know, that's just... Uh, and especially a year like this year. A lot of people are going to be sitting home for Paisach, people that aren't used to it. And I heard this from many people last uh, two weeks, you know, realizing because of the situation, we will have to be home alone. And when you come out and tell us to me clearly, you know, I, I don't want to be home alone. I said, why not? Don't, wouldn't you want to sit with your family inside it? No, because when I'm by my in-laws or my, or my parents or whatever it is, there's so much distraction. So automatically it's easier. I don't have to be busy with my spouse and my children. And, you know, there's just, it's just, you know, there's things happening and there's the grandparents there and other things. And it's just easier for me to be by myself. And unfortunately, sometimes we fall into that uh, mistake of thinking, I want to be on my own. That's what makes things easy for me. I don't want to have to tolerate other people. But if I'm teaching us, that no, sit at home. Sit with your family and make sure it works. And the way it's going to work is when you remember a night before Paisach that, yeah, I still have a way to fix myself and I'm going to be more tolerant and more patient with other people understanding that you know, I'll first take care of what I have to do and then I'll maybe start thinking about what other people have to do if that ever happens. Now, I'm going to address a question. Like I always say, um, these questions come in, uh, have been, uh, came in a while ago. Unfortunately, that's all outside. It's, it's just so, so disturbing. I don't mean disturbing in the frustration, but you know, we, we turn to Hashem every time we hear a, a siren and just ask Hashem to be able to Take away this Magaif and help Ochali. So we should only hear Besides Um So I'm going I'm to read a question that came in a while ago. And like I said, when it comes to Paisach and we're at home more and we have and we're more into our families, um, you know, every question just becomes more and more relevant, not less. So the the writer asked me to change some identifying details, and I'm going to do that very um, subtly. Oh, thank you for your amazing shurim that you give weekly. I listen to them on Torah anytime, and I find the answers are insightful and eye-opening, and I hope you will be able to give me some insight as well. Okay. I am married for... Hmm, over five, six years. And I'm actually very happy with everything about my husband, except that I feel that my husband is light years ahead of me spiritually. Both of our, both of our families are pretty much the same. Um, hmm, I don't want to give too, too many descriptive uh, um, adjectives, but yeah, typical... Babatish, open-minded, but definitely sticking to healthy Gedorim and, 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 you know, um, healthy Yiddishkeit. And my husband is different than them. He's learning full-time, very from, 
very Ehrlich, and in general, a lot more restrictive. So there's one example that she gives, um, which I, I won't say the example, but the point is that he would never go with me to a certain place, even if nobody would know, or nobody would see. And when it comes to technology, and things like that, you know, even though a lot of people around us are, are playing with all these new kind of gadgets, you know, he's very far from any of that. His family views him as a Nebi Yeshiva guy that doesn't know how to have fun. He doesn't participate in also some more examples of the fun that goes on. Um, and they resent him for it. The fun that goes on in the family, they resent him for it, even though I think that privately they respect him. Okay, oftentimes I appreciate that side of him because I know I could trust him with my eyes closed with anything related to Yiddishkeit, but other times it can still bother me. I do try to support him wholeheartedly, but most of all I'm afraid what will happen when our kids grow up he might feel that something they do or weird is not appropriate, and since I'm not on that level, I'm not really even interested in getting there, um, I'd probably be very opposing to his view. How will, we be able, how will we be able to be standing as one unit in front of the children? I want to know what kind of work I could be doing in order to fix this part of my marriage. Okay, so I always like when those questions end off with, what could I do? And yeah, I suspect that it's uh, coming from listening to these shirim and knowing that this is what we always try to promote, as we just said before. Now, um, let me pick up first on one line that this uh, questioner wrote. She writes that the family resents him, although I think that privately they respect him. Right? Uh, first of all, let me just comment on that. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that in most cases, in most such situations, um, yes, they probably do respect him. And there's a lot to respect. There's a lot to respect somebody who's very ehrlich and generally trying to do the right thing, let's call it, right? Even though right and wrong is a relative term, and I don't mean to say that anyone else is doing anything wrong, but yeah, yeah, they probably do respect him, and for good reason. And, now I'll say that I suspect that you respect him as well. I suspect that you really respect him very much, and for good reason too. You should respect a husband who's Erlich, and, and has his boundaries and his guidelines, and he sticks to them, and he means it, and he thinks about Hashem, and he has Yerushimai. There's a lot to respect over there. And if you were able to understand and assume, even though nobody ever told it to you, it doesn't seem, that the, his family and your family respects him, then I have reason to assume that your understanding that alone just goes to show that you respect him as well. Now, I'm not advocating for extreme, and I don't think anyone should be um, extreme in, any, in anything they do. We definitely try to always find a normal balance and a derech mimitza, something that, that, that works and is healthy and doesn't impose on other people, etc. There's a lot to talk about that. Um, but for many people it's hard to stay balanced for many people it's hard to stay balanced and staying in that perfect middle lane now I know that sometimes it looks like well the family has that very um, you know healthy kind of typical um, whatever but you know I, I don't want to go into the examples mentioned but yeah I don't know you know it's very hard to stay very balanced and very often people go either one way or the other and I, I could say that you know both from experience and from dealing with people with all kinds of such experiences you're always better you know say err to the side of caution so if you have somebody who doesn't know exactly the right way, and of course the right and wrong is relative, I'm just using the term. You know, if, you, if you're going to be living with someone who doesn't know the exact middle way, who doesn't know the exact um, balance about what's not too from, what's not too little from, and right, and it's always, you're always going to be better off with somebody like this. I talk often with parents who unfortunately have children that are, you know, doing things the wrong way. And then every once in a while a parent comes to complain to me, that, you know, my son is too from, my daughter is too from, my, 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 son, my child is too early. And I keep on thinking, you know, I have so many people complaining about the one that's not Ehrlich enough. And I know that when you're dealing with something uncomfortable, it's very hard to see that, you know, to appreciate the fact that, okay, well, it's better than having the other way around. But, but there are so many people who don't have the healthy balance, let's call it, quote-unquote, as if there is one. And I think you're, you should be appreciative 
that the person you're dealing with that it doesn't have the healthy balance at least is doing it this way and not the other way so that's that's just something and yeah a, a lot of times you know, I'll tell you getting a letter like this you know I, I, I often say when I read questions that I hope that it's not my wife writing the questions and in, in this case I think there's a few uh, uh, giveaways that let me know that it's not my wife writing the question but um, yeah, I, I could relate to a man like this, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there are quite a few things that I didn't mention clearly um, that he does that, 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 that I also do, or things that he doesn't do that I also don't do, actually. And uh, maybe that's why you're asking me the question instead of someone else. And it just reminds me of, of the cute story of the, the woman that came to the Havis Yisrael, Vision Sarebbe, and she started complaining, Rebbe, what do I do? My, my, my son became a chusid. It's terrible. So the Rebbe says, what's terrible? Let me hear, what does he do? Well, he gets up early in the morning, and he goes out in the cold, and he goes to the mikveh every day, hook by crook, and then he goes to the other end of the town where there's a minion, and he downs with a minion, and then he comes home and he learns, and, and then and this and that, and he's complaining about all these things that he does. So the Rebbe looks at her and says, you know, it's not so bad, I do the same thing. So the woman says, yeah, but the Rebbe does it for Panus, and my son means it. Now, sometimes, you know, some people, some people mean it, and they do it because they mean it, and other, someone else will look at it and say, like, whoa, this guy's making himself crazy. But listen, he means it. And if he means it, and he's doing it, and his, his imbalance is more this way than that way, then, then sometimes it's just a good thing. And I'll tell you another thing, that for starters, you know, being, being happily married for over five years, let's call it, um, and happy with everything else about your husband except this one thing, I don't mean to trivialize the concern, I understand why it's bothering you, and we'll talk about it in a moment, but, but just think about it. To be happily married and appreciate someone for everything he is, and for everything he's doing for a few years, Except this one issue, you know, that's definitely something to be very um, happy about. And, and now that we're in this um, season of, of unfortunately, this, this crisis going on, right? Um, the coronavirus. There are so many things, now that Kali Yisrael is never experiencing this, this, this challenge for two weeks already or three weeks, you know, uh, there are so many things that when you look around, you'll see, you know what? That, that would have really bothered me if not that we're dealing with a crisis now. In other words, when we realize what's really important in life, you know, it's a very, it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different story. How many people are going to this Yom Tif, Taisach, without new shoes, or without new clothes, or without the other things that they would have done, right? And in a, on a typical year, and we hope that things will become typical again, uh, would be as Mashiach, if that's called typical. Now, on a typical year, I don't think anyone would, would be okay with that. Not having new shoes for Paisach, not, not having everything that's on our list, or to do, or to get, or to be, or to do, and Chalamoy trips and everything else, we'd really not be okay with it. But in a, in a situation like this, so many people are just happy to get up in the morning and say, Thank you, Hashem, that I'm alive. Thank you, Hashem, that my kids are okay. Thank you, Hashem, that my parents are okay, that my neighbors are okay. And unfortunately, how many of us can even say all that? Ibrish Lopetan and some of the Yeshiva for Kali It just goes to show that there are times in life that help us understand the important things in life. So, you know, sometimes people would not be okay with things, but automatically become okay with it when they start appreciating what's really important and they start saying, you know what, that's not important, shoes. I want, I, want, I want to be alive. I want to be able to serve Hashem. I want to be happy. I want to be with my family. So well, just when you think of it like that, and then, and then you go back and look at this thing. Now, it could be the person who wrote this a few months ago would read it now and say, you know what? I'm happy to be alive, Hashem. I'm happy to have a husband I can appreciate. I'm happy, have, I'm happy that my problem is my husband's too erlich. Let's hope that we both, we both live through this crisis and any other crisis till 120 together happily, and I'll be okay with his erlichkeit. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we need a crisis to, to put us into that mindset. But in this case... You know, just talking about people's situations that I deal with all the time, being happy with somebody about everything besides this little one thing is also tremendous. You know, there are definitely people that have other things bothering them. And, and yet that's how it is. We become too complacent and too happy. And when everything's okay, we, we realize that this is bothering us. Unfortunately, when there's bigger problems, you know, the, the small ones fall away. 
So, uh, you know, there's that, that bruha I once quoted, I think it was Rabbi Tversky, who said that as I gave him the bruha before the chasana, you should have a lot of problems. He said, wow, a lot of problems? Yeah, when a person doesn't have too, many, too, too big a problem, then there's a lot of ones to notice. Right, but but when there's a when there's a big problem, somebody's not well, or somebody average look and whatever big problem someone experiences, all of a sudden all the little ones fall away, and he only has one. And you know we know anyone who's suffering from the coronavirus and the shul have a fierce alignment, right? They only have one problem: the the shoes, or the or the or, or being too ehrlich or things like that aren't a problem when somebody's uh, very sick. So the fact that somebody could say that everything in my life is good except for this one thing, I don't mean chazrum to machavek the problem and say I don't understand it. But the fact that this is what's bothering you is a good sign. You should be thankful that this is the problem. Now, in every home, in every Yiddish Hashtib, there will always be one person who's inevitably carrying the, 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 the spiritual responsibility, let's call it. Right? And, and that's the way it should be, at least. You know, sometimes there isn't anyone doing it. But very often there's, there's, there's at least one person who's, so to speak, responsible to make sure that things are on track. Now, you should feel good that there's someone doing it for you. In your house, there's somebody who's making sure that things are on track. There's somebody you can rely on. It's not only about his Yiddishkeit that you said you could rely on him with your eyes closed. It's more than that. Looking ahead with Hashem's help into the future, having children and raising them and going through everything in life, there's someone you can rely on that's taking care. Now, I know you might not be doing it exactly the way you want, but it's just, it's just another thing to be thankful about. Thank you, Hashem, that I know I have someone who's going to take care of my shtib and make sure that we're going on, the, on a Torah digger way and doing what's right. Now, in general, it's better that it's this way than the other way. It's better when it's the husband and the wife. In other words, not only is he taking um, this burden off of you, so to speak, but it's better that way. How often is there sometimes a husband, unfortunately, complaining that his wife is too firm? Or the other way around, where a woman's complaining that her husband is not firm enough. And, and then sometimes the rule where the das will say, you know what, respect for your husband, you have to accommodate him, lower your standards. That's, that's, it's unfortunate, but, but sometimes it happens that way. So someone is this way, and, and instead of having to tell the woman, you know, it's not your place to be the one to set the standards, and it's the husband doing it, it's already healthier than if it would be the other way around. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's also something just to be thankful about. Now, aside from looking at the good side of not having a bad husband, or not having to, to carry the, the, uh, the spiritual responsibility, I'm calling it, I, I think there's another thing that, you know, sometimes when people have problems, they tend to exaggerate a little bit, and even, even to themselves, I don't mean trying to fool me. Writing that your husband's light years ahead of you, I think that psychologically, when somebody looks like that, like we're so different, and I hear people talk about this often when it comes to matters of opinion or taste or personality, we're so different. Now, you might feel so different because it's bothering you, so it, the more it bothers you, the more it feels different. I'm afraid you're not as apart as you think you are. I'm saying even, even just on a technical level, even on the things that you'll be uh, in, in conflict of opinion about, right? It doesn't sound like, like a woman who, I'm just giving you an example, I don't mean anything else with children, a woman who wants to spend the nights in the theater and the husband just wants to spend the night, all, all night in the in the, chatzos, in the koil chatzos. It doesn't sound like that. It sounds like he's a little bit more normal than, than someone might assume, and it sounds like she's you know a little more on the same page as him as they might assume. And it's not, you know, I understand it when people look at it funny in the family and different than the standards, you know, but, but it's not as different. And, and just seeing it that way and saying, you know what, you're right, we're not really that different. I mean, there are things that bother me, it just makes it a little easier to, to stomach and to deal with. Now, on top of that, what I think is, is also important to point out is that I'm afraid that you're only different from him um, when it comes to something practical, but in theory, you're even closer than, than you think. In other words, I'm afraid that in theory, you, you agree on most things that he believes in. That's what it sounds like. It's just, again, only my intuition, but I, I, that's what I'm thinking. I think that in theory, you understand that you know, he's probably right about that uh, uh, that, piece, that piece of technology is not the best thing I know. I, I see people um, um, who use that, and you know they, they're not doing the right thing with it very often. I, I see how it distracts them. Well, I know that people who go to these kind of places who have these kind of standards, 
I know it's not great, but you know, you have to understand that but you have to understand. I think that's the only place where you and your, and your spouse really differ. It's very important for people to realize this. Sometimes in theory we'll agree on something, and one will still rationalize and give an excuse about it, and say, you know what, yeah, but you have to understand, I mean, it's 2020 or whatever. And it's just over there where, where there's a difference of opinion. Your husband doesn't, doesn't get there where you say, yeah, but, and you do. So really, not only are you not so far apart, even practically, but in theory I'm afraid you're even closer than that. That's very important to realize, you know. I respect my husband. I see what he's doing. I don't really want to do things his way because because I don't want to because I, it's just not my. It's not really where I'm headed or what I want to get to. But 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 you know he's probably right. I'm afraid he's probably right. I'm afraid that at the end of the day when we get up there maybe after 120, I, I'm afraid he's right. You know, I, I'm just mentioning it. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but thinking about it um, definitely also put things into perspective and say you know what, if I can control myself, at least someone else. And this reminds me of a story I heard about. I don't, I don't want to go into detail, but there was a, a, a Ruv, a Rebbe, said of Sadrusha about about about, about certain standards for kids and how to how to implement them. And after the Drusha, somebody asked his friend, it was well-known people actually, um, asked his friend, um, so "What do you say about it?" So, "What do you mean? What I say? Of course, that's how that's how I plan on being of my children." Tak, I think it's right. Say, so, "Come on, the the house by them. Are you really on that level?" He said, "No, I'm not on that level. But my Yitzhara only talks to me about myself, not about my children." About my children, if that's the right way to do it, I want to do it. Now, I, I know there's a lot of, you know, hypocritical uh, ideas about that, about do, doing for your children, you know, doing for yourself. I'm not going into it. It wasn't relevant for the parent. The idea is, however, that sometimes if in theory something's right and it's hard for you to do, at least respect someone who is doing it. And if it's your husband and your children, maybe just go along with it. Maybe you'll end up being happier and, and truly respecting it one day. Now, let's let's move on, right? From a Torah approach, your husband is the king and he is the boss and. And, and that alone, like I said, is a reason. When, when it would be the wife trying to do this, then, then telling the husband to really agree with the wife is not always the right thing to do, without going into detail. But you know, but sometimes in this case, it's your husband, look up to him, it's your father, it's someone you should be respecting and doing what he wants. I think that very often, again, except certain extreme situations, which I'll mention in a minute, but very often this is the right thing to do, even when you don't really like to do it. So that's, that's important to remember. And when it becomes relevant... And there's already a conflict of opinions and interests. It's, it's hard for people sometimes to pull back on something they already said, or something that's already bothering them, and they're already emotionally involved. But if it didn't happen yet, and you're only worried about the future, and it's not yet relevant, it just makes it that much easier to get that strong resolve and say, you know what, when this becomes relevant, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it right. I'm going to back my husband. We're going to have a unified voice. We're going we're gonna to say, say the same thing. You know, it's not really me. And, and just doing it in advance and making that decision before it's really relevant, it just makes things easier when, when it does become relevant. Now, with all that said, it's extremely important, like I always mentioned, to have a Ruv, or a Rebbe, or a Das Torah, or somebody who you can go to. This is, this is something you could tell your husband. It's very important I respect you and your opinions and everything. Sometimes I have my own opinion, and, and that's okay, right, in general. I definitely want to do what you think is right. I think it's important. If he doesn't, I have no idea. Oh, it wasn't mentioned. I think it's important that we have a Ruv. It's important that we're in touch with somebody who can guide us on a Deirach HaToyra. And I think that this is something that, that's healthy and everyone should be doing anyway. And you'd be surprised to see that I think, I think you'll be both surprised. You might both be, I don't want to say the word pleasantly surprised, you might not both be pleasant, um, pleasantly surprised about it, but I think you'll be surprised both ways. I think you'll be surprised to see how many of your husband's quote-unquote mishigasen or extreme attitude are really halucha and toira. And when you ask the Ruv and you tell him, you know, Ruv, uh, it's bothering me what my husband's doing, he might say, yeah, but that's what says in Shechem Urach. And you might, not, you, you might be surprised to see that what he's doing, and, and then you might be surprised the other way around. 
You might be surprised that if, you have, if you're in contact with, with a Ruv, and, and you and your husband are both okay with, with having contact with someone, and you say, you know, this is very important to me, and the Ruv will tell your husband, that's lechatchila. That's lechatchila. It's the right thing to do. So having a Ruv and having someone to talk to already helps this balance very much. So you don't have to just blindfoldedly walk after someone and let him, and, and let him um, do things or decide things that might be hurtful. But in general, the healthy attitude is obviously to respect your husband and to back him, and, and especially when it comes to children. And like I said, anything has to be brought up, and you're both okay with talking to an objective third party who you respect, and that alone, well, who should I talk to? How do I? Well, you talk to someone who your husband, who your husband is okay with, and you know, in most cases, the husband that should be deciding who, who the ruling of the Australia should be. Now, I just want to end off by saying that there are situations that, that, that are unhealthy. Somebody might be abusing a spouse in the name of the Torah. Somebody might be doing things that are too extreme and are actually against what the Torah wants. Not a question. Somebody could be going overboard and, con- and controlling and abusive. It, that's all a possibility. It didn't sound like that at all, and that's why I, I, I addressed it this way. If you suspect that that's the case, then of course you should reach out to someone who could help you and, 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 and try to guide you. It could be the other way around as well. Sometimes you'll have a woman who's totally not in touch with anything her husband wants and just can't relate to it, and he, as, as right as it is, it's going to break the whole relationship, and that's a different story. You know, so, so there are, just a disclaimer, there are, uh, you, have to, you have to qualify that there are extreme or unhealthy situations where, where this healthy and balanced approach is not going to work. But I think that for most people, understanding each other, understanding that we have what to fix, we have what to realize that, you know, it's about me, and, and maybe this is really what I should be doing, then with Hashem's help, when you get closer and you bond and you, and you come to that decision that we're going to raise healthy children, and we're going to teach them something, even if it's not always what I want, but I know it's the right thing, and I'm going to back my husband. We're going to have, a, uh, we're going to have his, you know, this um, attitude and opinion that the children will be able to respect and not, and not get into that conflict of opinions and interests that children pick up on way before we tell it to them. Then with Hashem's help, you know, be able to really build a bias in Yisro, really have nachas from the children. And, and Hashem should have nachas from us, and we should all be zeich to see B'Shus and Yisro. We should be able to eat menazuch and absuch in this paisach. And we zeich to the Gila Shleimah that will help us all. And you know, Ein Yisro and the Gudem, we should have Shulim within, Shulim without, and with everyone. And just be zeh to the Gilda Shlaim Bakura. Thank you.